0: Welcome to part 2 of this exciting series. We have Jan with us on the podcast and we continue our discussion on yet another set of very interesting takeaways and pointers from the ODI series. Have largely delved into Ben Stokes the handy all-rounder for England India losing the toss continuously and the pressures of batting first KL Rahul's dominance with the bat Natu's death bowling Mark Wood's pace Rishabh Pant the man we actually need in the limited over setup India's shocking feelings in some parts of the series players we sorely missed out on additionally we're focused on a case for Shardul Thakur in the limited over setup as he also was the highest wicket taker Virat Kohli's inability to convert the 60s and 70s to those big hundreds, the ideal number 4 for India, positives for India and England, India's comprehensive win across all formats, the impact of bio-bubbles and the players' mental health and the possibility of a rotation policy like England among the plethora of topics discussed. Welcome back to part 2 listeners. Hi Shreejan, let's kickstart our discussion from where we left it. So uh, to start off, let's, you know, look at Ben Stokes. I think he has been a handy all-rounder for England. Uh, He he is definitely one of the positives for England in this series. And uh, throughout, he has been, like, you know, instrumental and consistent in his rise in international cricket too. And this is laudable. Even Butler said, you know, that Stokes' Stokes' batting has improved over the years. And man, it has. Partnering Johnny Bairstow, he played that... Amazing knock of 99 and they put up like 175 on the board. And with that partnership, (laughs) India was like never going to, you know, just fight back. And they won with 39 balls to spare and they uh, leveled that three match series one all. Now, in that 99 run knock, we saw how he hammered like 10 sixes effortlessly. He took even a special liking to our spinners, Kuldi Pyadav uh, this time and Krunal Pandya. Uh, He's a good player, you know, at any place. And uh, he has raised the bar always that has made him a valuable player for any team he plays. And I think I'm definitely excited to see him in the IPL.
1: Yeah, uh, sure does make a compelling case, uh, you know, for uh, watching Ben Stokes in the IPL. Hmm. Another thing that I wanted to mention is, you know, how India lost, uh, lost the toss continuously but still ended up, you know, uh, playing so well and absorbing the pressures of batting first. Uh, so, to from the lighter a lighter mm-hmm. no, uh, mm-hmm. you know, I think Owen Morgan mentioned in the toss that the coin that was used for this, you uh, know, series was a double-headed <laughs> coin. So every time that he called heads, it was you know heads, mm-hmm. uh, and India lost the toss. Uh, but batting first was something that uh, Virat Kohli himself, you know, voiced out saying that this is something that the team has been looking forward to do over since a long time, and this series was a blessing in this case because yeah we lost toss, but we we ended up putting good totals on the board both in the T20I series as well as the ODI series. Um, with the ODI series, you know, uh, we lost three continuous tosses. We ended up batting up uh, first on, on all three occasions hmm. and ended up putting uh, no, a good total on the board on all three occasions. Yeah. Uh, Unfortunately, in the second ODI, you know, uh, 339 wasn't enough. And uh, Johnny Besto and uh, Ben Stokes, as you mentioned, hmm. you know, made mockery of the target. Yeah. But I'm a firm believer that, you know, toss is not in control of any one particular person. Uh, on one particular you, uh, day, you might win the toss. And on the other day, you might lose the toss. But a particular team that plays good cricket on all three facets of the game, batting and bowling and fielding, deserves to win uh, the match irrespective of how the toss goes and that's something that india did consistently well throughout uh, both the limited over uh, both the limited over series hmm. and uh, it's more commendable that we did this uh, you know, batting first and putting up good totals on the board and ended up winning the matches because our bowling lineup was slightly inexperienced and uh, in ahmedabad uh, where the t20 ice took place there was a lot of dew as well, so with mm-hmm. the dew, with the wet ball, and with an inexperienced attack, no, we ended up defending totals, which ended up being icing on the cake. So all in all, it's a very good uh, sign for Indian cricket going forward.
0: Definitely. And uh, I think one more thing which, you know, really st- uh, stuck out for me was, uh, you know, KL Rahul's dominance. Now, KL Rahul has managed to impress all of us with those uh, scores of 62 not out and the uh, 108 in the first two ODIs. And uh, I think he looked in like real good touch. And considering what a torrid uh, T20 series he had, people questioning his place in the squad and everything that was happening around him he still just managed to, you know, silence uh, all the noise and quite literally with his celebration as well. And, um, you know, batting in multiple positions has enabled uh, KL Rahul to, uh, you know, change his game as per the situations of the matches and the demands, which is so good. It shows his flexibility. And in the T20s, however, I think it was Rishabh Pant who not only batted well, but he also kept wickets considerably well. And uh, that obviously led calls to, you know, having uh, Rahul snubbed from the ODIs as well. Now, I felt it was a complete case of, you know, people mixing formats and just trying to, you know, uh, mix that up. And very conveniently, I think his exceptional ODI run in the middle order was forgotten and uh, in the lead up to the uh, odis against england uh, rahul from the point of time he started batting you know in the middle order he was averaging like 56.57 uh, and he with a very good strike rate of 111.23 and he crossed the 50 run mark at least four out of eight times and i think one of the major things for him was he was lacking game time and the moment he got that he shut all those critics in style scoring those uh, you know, that 62 not out and the 108. And in the final ODIA, he couldn't get going and he got out for seven. But we even saw the likes of Virat Kohli, you know, just getting out so early. Uh, I think, you know, the, my point here is that people should, uh, you know, stop mixing formats and branding players, writing them off even before the actual game is played. And one series performance doesn't mean uh, failure in another.
1: Yeah, very rightly mentioned, because uh, KL Rahul has always been a class player. And as you mentioned, uh, the only reason that he failed in the T20Is was because of lack of game time. Yeah. Because we've always known him to be the player that he is. And he's had a stellar IPL uh, in the 2020 edition. And also in the Australia series, uh, the ODIs and the T20Is, he was so good. Mm-hmm. Uh, and when it came to the test, uh, he was on the bench for about two, two and a half months and coming back is always tough, because after a long layoff, off, for any any player, be it a batsman or a bowler, coming back is always tough, and he needed that game time to you know, get back into the rhythm and get back to, the, to his crew. Hmm. Um, the same can be said about Natarajan as well, yeah. because uh, he was playing the Australia series. He played both the ODIs and the T20Is, and also ended up playing a test in Australia. Hmm. And after that, uh, he was injured, Uh, and he failed the fitness test. So there again, uh, there was this lack of game time and people again started questioning his place or whether he really uh, needs a place in the attack and all those questions uh, were there, you know, to be raised of Natarajan. But the way he came back and Mm. bowled at the death, uh, you know, was something exceptional. And with Natarajan, you know, you also have the left armers variety, you know, someone who can bowl left arm pace. And we've Mm. been looking for one, ever since Zahir Khan retired in 2014. So he offers variety and, you know, to think of one person such as Natarajan coming from that background and, you know, doing so well at the big stage, unfaced by all the attention, unfaced by all the media attention that he's getting and all all the attention that he's getting, to simply focus on his game and to simply focus on his job and do that, is simply outstanding. And to think one day, as I mentioned, hmm. you might have Natrajan, Bhuvaneshwar, Bhumbra and Shami all together, you know, bowling, uh, you No know, speaks volumes of the depth that Indian cricket possesses. And that's always hmm. uh, a very good sign for a good quality side.
0: Exactly. And uh, on that same note, you know, talking about someone like Wood, right? His pace has been so impressive. Uh, I When he, you know, burst onto the scene, I thought he was just another English pacer. But then, He already possesses, you know, the abilities to intimidate batsmen with that express pace. His raw speed was the highlight of the T20 series and he consistently hit the 150km per hour mark. Now, he also ended the series as one of the fastest bowlers in circuit quite deservingly and his pace did trouble the Indian batsmen, I think, on multiple occasions. And uh, wood space has always been, I think, a key feature of his game. And he ended the T20I series as, uh, you know, England's second highest wicket taker. He picked those five crucial wickets in those, uh, you know, four games he played. And I think he also played a a very important role in uh, England's two wins in the series but uh, the ODI series is I think like you know slightly different for him and uh, Mark would also reveal you know how his stint with CSK in the IPL also helped him you know uh, put a few trick in the uh, tricks in the bag and uh, he also learned he would want to uh, you know imbibe Shardul Thakur's slower ball deliveries in his armory and I think yeah he would just be a very good bowler with that to, uh, also next up i'd like to focus on rishabh pant and the man i think we you know really need in the limited over setup now rishabh pant scored uh, 155 in like two innings at a strike rate of 152 and i think he was in solid form and Pun's knock in the third ODI followed by his thunderous 77 of 40 in the second T second ODI, and he also made the 78 in uh, 62 balls. And he was, we I mean, know, right? He was not in the first ODI team. He, I think, one of the major things that he can do is he needs to capitalize on his starts. He needs to co- he needs to convert those into hundreds, and he can develop the habit of converting 50s to hundreds if he's just a little more mindful. But uh, I think he's been very impressive and the solidity he offers to the middle order is definitely like unparalleled. He is someone we need in the limited over setup, and we've seen how much he can contribute and what a talent he is. Now to just, you know, give a, a stats turn to this, he has hit a maximum, he has hit 11 maximums, which is like the most by an Indian batsman in the ODI series and eight boundaries. And I think it was a very smart move to, you know, push Rishabh Pant up the order because we lost Rohit Sharma, Shikhar Dhawan and Kohli like sometimes early and the pressure was always you know mounting on India consistently and we needed someone to you know just get the pressure off and actually play and even like pant has played an important role in releasing that uh, pressure and he has partnered uh, Pandya so well and uh, he has executed his role to perfection. No complaints, absolutely.
1: Speaking of uh, Rishabh Pant, you know... Mm-hmm. Um... Not not many months ago, you know, people were criticizing the way he plays and his approach to the game. And if you remember right, rightly, uh, you know, there was also chance of MS Dhoni's uh, name in the stadium when mm-hmm. you know Richard Pond used to miss a stumping yeah. or uh, you know drop a catch or something like that. But uh, Rishabh's performance in the series, you know, not only sealed all the doubts but also made sure that we didn't miss uh, players such as MS Dhoni because. R- 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 Rishabh is, uh, you know, is rightfully filling in to his shows. Those yeah. are big shows to fill. Yeah. Speaking of players we missed, uh, you know, uh, India unfortunately wasn't having their first choice players for for most of the series. Hmm. Uh, Jadeja, Bumrah, and Shami all missed the limited overs format. With uh, Jadeja and and Shami, and Bhuvanesh are also missing the tests hmm. uh, right from the Australia series, but. Again, we have such a strong bench that, you know, players who just come in and, uh, and perform fearlessly and perform so well that the absence of the original player is never felt. Right? Yeah. Um, I, I, can take, I, I can take you back to the first test. Uh, not, not the first test, but the second test mm-hmm. against England where Aksa Patel came in and, uh, you know, he bowled so beautifully. England uh, The England batsman never had an answer to yeah. what his... He, he was bowling and mm. you also had uh, someone like krunal pandya step in mm. uh, in the limited overs format so the the absence of jadeja was not felt much but if you look into it uh, neither Aksar patel is so good with the bat nor uh, krunal pandya is so good with the ball so uh, that that they offer you jadeja's quality mm. both with the bat and the ball yeah uh, also tell you uh, also tells you why j- there's only one jadeja in in world cricket and why he's rated it so highly.
0: Hmm. But
1: yes, at part we did miss some of our top key players. Hmm. But uh, the way this this bench this bench is positioned and the strength the immense strength that we have in the bench, uh, you know, you had Shardul Thakur come in and bowl uh, at good pace uh, at the death and also at the start at times. Uh, and you also had uh, the likes of Nalpandi and Akshay Patel, as I mentioned. All these players, Natarajan also. Uh, Siraj also coming in. All these players, you know, they they came in at crucial times and stood up when the team needed them the the most. And Mm -hmm. that speaks a lot about uh, the bench strength. And uh, we really didn't miss uh, the key players. But yes, at some phases, you know, you felt that had a Bumrah been there or had a... uh, Shami being there, the result could have been slightly different, or the outcome could have been slightly different. Yeah. But no team wins all matches, or no team loses all the matches. There, there might be wins, there might be losses. At the end of the day, uh, all these guys who came in as replacements, you know, they they stood to their potential and they performed really well, and that that is something that India, that is one of the biggest positives for India as far as this this season uh, this this season consists of. Yeah.
0: That's rightly put. And uh, I'd also like to, you know, focus on India's shocking fielding, you know. In uh, some parts of the series, it was just unbelievable to see. And yeah, I mean, it has been very disappointing for the better half of the series. uh, To focus, you know, like to India's relief, they didn't have to uh, pay a heavy price for the missed chances as they got over the line like more often than not. Now, Michael Vaughan, uh, the (laughs) former England cricketer, he took a sly dig at the Indian players for, uh, you know, dropping quite a few catches in the... Uh, third in the final ODI. Now, in Pune, team India dropped as many as four catches, okay? And this is while defending 329, which was, again, a goodish total. But the missed chances didn't cost them because we eventually, you know, sealed the series 2-1. So, let's, like, look at what went went wrong. To start off with Hardik Pandya, now, he dropped Ben Stokes near the boundary downtown. Thereafter, uh, he again let go of another chance, and this was of Sam Curran. He got another lifeline when even Natrajan dropped him. Now, Shahadul Thakur also failed to catch the ball when Mark would, uh, you know, mistime that pull shot. And... uh, even, you know, Kohli said this, like, it's this it's the most disappointing for the guy who drops the catch, but as much as you get disappointed, catches, it gets put down. And sometimes they do cost you. He also uh, emphasized on how there was no problem with the intent and the body language was outstanding. And he also emphasized on how they eventually got over the line. But I feel there is still a lot to look into this fielding thing, because there might be a time when, you know, you can't just drop catches like that. It will, you know, drop you some very important series and, you know, hopefully not World Cups and everything.
1: Yeah, very rightly mentioned, actually, uh, India's fielding, probably if you nitpick, is one of the areas that was slightly disappointing um, throughout the series uh, in the ODIs as well as the T20s. But uh, speaking about, let's focus on positives and speaking Hmm. about positives, I think uh, Shadul Thakur, uh, you know, going forward is a definite starter in the eleven. Uh, as far as the ODIs go. Because, uh, you know, he has a good short ball. Uh, he has a good ball as well. And he can bowl the yorker as well. All the uh, balls that, you know, get you wickets. Yeah. He's a wicket-taking bowler. Hmm. And at times, he might also go for uh, a few runs. Hmm. Uh, but when he takes wickets, I think that's a trade-off uh, worth living with. So, hmm. that's a good sign. And he he also offers you something with the bat. In the final, final ODI, you saw his contribution, his contribution of 30 runs of 21 balls
0: mm-hmm.
1: ended up being uh, the difference in in my opinion because <laughs> yeah. uh, India could have easily been bundled out for, you know, 300 or 290 or something like that because at one particular point, 400 was on cards and mm-hmm. uh, the way the ba- the batsmen were batting, uh, 400 was on cards and unfortunately, India lost the plot and it came down to Charles Thakur uh, with the bat, those 30 crucial runs, Know ended up uh, deciding the f- uh, series in the favor uh, in our favor. Yeah, um, yeah and he, he can all bowl these good balls, the knuckle ball, the sh- uh, short ball, the Yorker. He can bowl at the death. He can bowl at the start. He's the complete package as well, and he has all really got a good attitude, mm-hmm. uh, fighting attitude as well. So, to think about it, when uh, when I, I the way I see it, when Bumrah or Shami return, I can see only one of them fitting in the eleven because you know. Uh, the Indian team management has always wanted bowlers who offer a little bit with the bat, yeah. and that's one of the reasons why you don't see uh, Chahal and Kuldeep playing together because both of them they don't offer much with the bat, and hmm. uh, that becomes a too uh, that becomes too long a tail. And you have sides like England, you know, at times they bat up till number eleven. So yeah, uh, so he can offer you something with the bat, and his offering with the bat, you know, means that only the way I see it means that only one of Chami or Bumrah can be uh, part of the attack. And then you will also have with Shardul batting and Bhuvaneshwar also, you know, ha- quite handy with the bat. Hmm. You can also see the return of the way I see it again. My hmm. personal opinion is a way uh, I, can, I, I can see a way of Chahal and Kuldeep playing together okay. because uh, you know, uh, both of them together have been more a potent force than one uh, only one of them playing in isolation. So, mm-hmm. if you look at the stats, when uh, the two of them have played together, they have you know uh, taken a lot more wickets individually than when only one of them is playing. Okay. So that's quite a good uh, that's quite a good bowling lineup. Uh, if you see uh, Shahidul, Bhuvneshwar, one of uh, one of you know uh, Shami or Bumrah, mm-hmm. and then you also have two quality spinners. Uh, Chahal and Kuldeep, with Hardik being your sixth bowling option, so that's quite a package, I must say. So he's definitely a starter, and uh, the Indian team is also, in my opinion, should be considering this whenever they meet next time, you know, uh, to pick a side for the uh, limited overs format.
0: Indeed, I mean, he's had that kind of a dream series and he's, again, very handy with the bad. Even on Twitter, we saw, you know, Lord Shardul supremacy and everything. (laughs) So, hopefully, he can, you know, make the most of that. And to talk about another king, uh, we have Virat Kohli. And I think he has been the talk of the town because, you know, of his inability to convert those, uh, you know, 70s and 80s to those big hundreds. And we have known, you know, the kind of hundreds he gets. So if uh, stats haven't been thrown all around on your face ever since you know V K got to his last stun, now you should just you know see Twitter and the tabloids and pretty much everyone is waiting for that uh, 71st ton from the skipper's bat. Uh, Virat Kohli has spoken about this. He has addressed this, you know, telling that he scored so many centuries early on in his career because he was never really focused on them. And uh, Kohli was dismissed for 66 by Adil Rashid, who got the better of him in the second ODI. And uh, this was his second consecutive 50, but it was still not enough for the fans because he missed out on that 100, right? And um, Kohli's innings, I think, was very crucial in the middle because it came after India had lost Rohit Sharma and Shikhar Dhawan so quickly. And uh, the hosts, uh, you know, we were in a uh, desperate need of that solid partnership. So Kohli's partnership of 121 with KL Rahul, I think it set the stage for India's uh, heavy hitters to do the job in the death overs. And he has been uh, you know, so good in the middle he has helped steady the ship and he plays the role of the anchor so well and obviously he captains our team and so many of his decisions have actually worked for the better right and uh, again virat kohli did stress that he never played for personal milestones in his career and always looked after the team's cause i think that's more important than you know looking at those milestones which probably won't make a difference but getting your team across the line and winning and his captaincy has been a good thing Now, uh, again, uh, Kohli's last century was, like, way back in November 2019 in the day-night test against Bangladesh at Eden Gardens, if you remember. And his last ODI 100 was back in, like, March 2019 against Australia. I think, uh, I personally think that we should give Kohli some breathing space and time. And I'm sure those gritty, uh, you know, 70s and 80s will eventually get converted to the big 100s.
1: Yeah, speaking of that, uh, you know, you you very well put how, uh, you know, uh, Virat Kohli's 70s and 80s often don't seem enough. uh, Mm. For the fans. Yeah, for the fans as well. Uh, But for a player of Virat Kohli's standards, we've always gotten used to seeing him score those big daddy hundreds. Yeah. uh, That, you know, when he scores a 70 or a 60 or an 80, Mm. uh, it seems like he's out of form. And I I was quite surprised to see, you know... uh, tweets about kohli's form being you know uh, spoken about because he's always been a quality player and sometimes when you see such high standards even 70s and 80s uh, seamless and yeah. as you told uh, a 100 is a big 100 is definitely around the corner hmm. and speaking of the player uh, or the uh, or the number next to kohli is uh, the number 4 spot yeah. um, and uh, over the years uh, it's quite sad that uh, the indian team selectors have played uh, the musical chairs around with the number 4 <laughs> hmm. because you had the likes of Raidu, Hardik Pandya, Kedar Jadav you name a player he's played at number 4 Manish but, Pandey,
0: Vijay Shankar
1: <laughs> Yeah, so many players have played at that number and none of them have you know, uh, uh,
0: secured that spot Yeah,
1: and you have one player uh, Sire, right now who's doing quite well at that spot and uh, once he got injured i was seeing talks about whether it's time we try a new player at that spot whether we try uh, surya kumar yadav or uh, ishan kishan at that spot mm-hmm. but i am of the strong opinion that uh, streyas has been the incumbent of that spot and he's done quite well uh, you know uh, i still remember his century at the uh, in new zealand uh, mm-hmm. in early 2020 uh, and also the, uh, he played a really good quality knock in the T 20 series. So, the, the talks of, uh, you know, having uh, Surya Kumar or Ishan Kishan are pointless in my opinion because you don't fix a thing that, that isn't broken, right? Yeah. So, uh, Shreyas should continue and will continue. And the only way I see uh, for, you know, Sky or uh, Ishan Kishan is uh, if uh, any one of the openers have a bad series or are out of form or are injured. Mm-hmm. because Either uh, both of them can play a role at the top of the order. Both uh, you know, Ishan Kishan and Surya Kumar can play a role at the top of the order and can be uh, can be an equal force to deal with uh, equally strong force to deal with at the end. So
0: definitely,
1: uh, they can fit in any, at any position. And right now, you know, they have knocked down the doors with their pos- uh, their, their performances in the Vijay Hazare Trophy and the IPL. Mm-hmm. But Shreyas be uh, is the incumbent and will continue in this spot, number 4. The only way for Sky or Ishan Kishan is if someone gets injured or has a terribly bad series.
0: Fair enough. Yeah.
1: Uh, speaking about number 4, I also need, I mean, shift my focus to the positives for England and there were mm-hmm. quite a few positives for England in this series. Uh, even though the scorecard, the scoreline of the series doesn't reflect so uh, mm-hmm. India ended up winning. Quite comprehensively in all three formats, but mm-hmm. one of the biggest positives that I see for this England uh, England side is uh, the exposure of you know touring the subcontinent yeah. and uh, with two of the uh, uh, next three major ICC events happening in India, the T20 World Cup this year hmm. and as well as the 2023 World Cup uh, 50 over World Cup, hmm. uh, the nucleus of the England side is going to be mostly the same and. Uh, a, major, um, the, a majority of the touring party, you know, are coming to India and gaining exposure is a good thing. Uh, yes, you might see uh, most of them playing, like the likes of uh, Moyn uh, Ali, Arn Morgan, Sam Curran, they play the IPL, but uh, playing at an international game is quite a different ball game, and yeah. the exposure of playing on these kinds of pitches is a big positive, and uh, the next positive that I uh, see for this England side has to be Uh, the way Stokes batted at 3. With Root missing, he was absolutely brilliant. Stokes, uh, I was reading a tweet uh, sometime earlier saying that uh, Stokes is one of the most underutilized all-rounders and uh, with 3, with batting at 3, he got the opportunity, he got the time and uh, with Root missing due to the rotation policy, we never really quite felt the absence of Root because he was so good that uh, you know, Root's absence was never really felt. And exactly. the third yeah, and the third positive, you know, uh, that I wish to speak about uh, as far as England uh, are concerned is the way that Sam Curran batted. Hmm. Sam Curran in the final ODI wasn't, you know, uh, actually playing the way that England's template usually goes, that is go, all, go out all guns blazing. But he was actually playing the situation. He was actually playing to the merit of the ball. He was giving respect to the bowler. Hmm. And, uh, you know, he has always got the game uh, to bat higher up the order and I believe that he should be batting up the order uh, in the next series because hmm. if you remember in 2018, uh, Sam Curran was the difference between the two sides uh, in in England when India toured England and he was yeah. the uh, difference between the two sides. So he's a quality player, he's got age on his side and with time he should be batting up the order and getting a few more runs for the in- England team. So. Uh, All these are big, big positives for uh, England. And uh, the way I see it, they'll be a force to reckon with uh, come the the T20 World Cup because they've gained exposure. Now they've seen how the Indian bowlers bowl and all that. Uh, So they'll definitely be a force to reckon with come the T20 World Cup. And the last positive uh, that I uh, feel I must speak about is the way jason roy and johnny basto continue to give good starts uh, for the england side and as i told earlier as well uh, these two players have been the core of the transformation uh, in the core of the transformation that the english white ball side you know uh, saw in post 2015 so uh, they they continue to give good starts for england and uh, that's always been a, they, they always lay a good platform for the rest such as uh, rest of the players such as morgan Butler and Stokes to come and you know give the big finish. Hmm. So all these are you know good signs for England going forward.
0: Indeed, I mean the, uh, I think very well put first up, and I think the point you brought about how you know the coming World Cups are happening in India. This experience and exposure will certainly, you know, do wonders for them because they'll exactly know how the conditions play. And we have some of their uh, crucial players playing in the IPL, so, you know, rubbing shoulders with the Indians and everything. The conditions, they are going to get used to it and, yeah, they're just going to become a stronger outfit, you know. And these positives are certainly, uh, you know, something to take away from what has been such an exciting series. And this is top side, right, competing with each other. So, uh, definitely, those are good points. And uh, focusing on the positives for India, let's start off with uh, Bhuvaneshwar Kumar making his return and uh, Shardul Thakud's attacking approach. So after the injury hiatus that kept Bhuvaneshwar Kumar out of action, he returned to the limited overs setup last month. And I think he gained confidence during those five T20 internationals that preceded the ODI. And uh, he was at his miserly best. And you pointed out, you know, that his economy rate was 4.65 in those 29 overs. And that was the best of the series on flat tracks that were, you know, laid out in Pune. And add his six wickets to the mix. And I think Bhuvneshwar Kumar will, you know, regain his uh, place in the squad, even when Jaspreet Bumrah returns to the fold. Now, when you look at someone like Shardul Thakur, he also seems to have, you know, cemented his place in the side. And he is definitely a useful third pacer. And uh, an even better number 8 batsman that India has been wanting for such a long time because, you know, having depth in the batting has done no one harm. And his economy rate is high. That can be a concern. But he compensates that with his uh, wicket-taking abilities as seen in his third ODI. He uh, also, you know, was, he was brought into the attack uh, in the 14th over and he cleaned up England's middle order in no time. So he definitely adds, uh, you know, value to the team. Uh, my next positive, I think, has to be, you know, I have spoke about this before, it has to be Rishabh Pant and Hardik pa- uh, Pandya's Jodi. <laughs> Thanks to a middle order that has been uh, far from reliable over the last five years. But you also spoke about how the number four has been, you know, up and down. We've had so many players coming in, coming out and everything. Now, India's top three have been, you know, forced to adopt a conventional approach because they need to build their innings and uh, unleashing themselves only towards the end, which can sometimes lead to their dismissal. But with KL Rahul, uh, you know, regaining his mojo, and uh, the fearsome duo of Pant and Pandya uh, back to their best, I think India seems to, uh, you know, follow the footsteps of England in uh, adopting a very aggressive approach right through the innings. Now, uh, both Pant and Hardik uh, displayed in the third ODI, a you know, like, a weird sort of approach you know like one with ma- one manufacturing strokes the other using just raw power to you know clear the field we saw those strokes right and uh, and we've seen you know the, because of their batting approach i think it really frees up the thing for rohit sharma and shikhar Dhawan at the top and even for kohli you know coming in at three because they know that you know we can bat with some freedom because we know we have a reliable uh, batting that follows now to focus on um, one more positive, this has to be you know India scoring 300 plus. Uh, this is despite ro- losing uh, Rohit Sharma, Virat Kohli, and KL Rahul cheaply. Now uh, Kohli isn't anywhere near the best form of his career. I mean he is in good nick, but uh, as you said, he doesn't score the hundred, so everyone ends up thinking that you know he's out of form and everything. <laughs> And he did, you know, claim the man of the series award in the T20 leg of the tour. And he scored 50s in each of those uh, first two ODIs. But in the third and the final uh, ODI, Kohli was, you know, castled by that spinner. He was castled by Mohin Ali for just seven. And his wicket came shortly after that of, you know, Rohit Sharma, who also uh, got dismissed by an England spinner. And to uh, further, you know, worsen the matters, we saw KL Rahul also get out for a seven. And this was like a full tour straight to, you know, the short final. Which was, again, like probably not the smartest shot, but it just happened, you know, in the heat of the moment. Now, uh, again, you know, Kohli, Rohit and Rahul, they have been, I think, India's best white ball players. I mean, this is not just because they're IPL captains, but we have seen how they have actually played well. And a significant portion of the team's runs have come from their bats. And India has sometimes, I think, you know, been over-reliant on them to always come up with the goods and deliver. But the third uh, ODI was promising, you know, in the indication of the sheer wealth of resources. And you also pointed out our bench strength is at its best right now. And we did make, uh, you know, best use of that. Uh, Rishabh Pant, Hardik Pandya and Shikhar Dhawan scored the 50s to take um, us to, you know, an above par total. And indicating that the top six is solid as any. I mean, our approach might be different, but I don't think it's, you know, something to worry about majorly. And uh, India will definitely become strong when uh, Jadeja returns, and if they uh, fi- you know fix their uh, spin concerns, I I think we're just going to have a lot of trophies in our cabinet. And Kohli, a ha- happy captain. What else do you want?
1: Yeah, you pretty much summed up uh, entire uh, the entire series. You know the way uh, each of them batted, the middle order, the opening slot, and the yeah. bowlers as well. So. Just to give a roundup, I think India has been really comprehensive in all three formats against England. Uh, you know, you had players step up at the right time, right when the team needed them to, and uh, you know, we really never felt the absence of the other player because uh, the players who come in have performed so well. Exactly. And and speaking of uh, two such I mentioned uh, until now are you know. Shubman Gill and uh, Mohammad Siraj, you know mm-hmm. these two, uh, you know the way they came in and uh, played fearless cricket, uh, is something that uh, highlights how well our domestic structure and our India A tours are, right? Because they come in uh, straight off and you know are bowling against top top quality batsmen at the Test level and the uh, ODI, uh, you know limited overs level. So, uh, there's also ha- highlights how, strength, uh, how strong our domestic system is. The reason of having a good bench, you know, is having a strong domestic system. The Ranji Trophy system and the India A system have certainly helped in identifying players such as these. Yeah. And uh, we rarely talk about the domestic system uh, mm-hmm. in India. So mm-hmm. uh, a big thanks to the domestic system and the India A system, the Ranji Trophy system that we have. Uh, Shubman Gill and Mohammad Siraj, you know, these are good quality guys, and they're going to be invaluable, uh, in- invaluable for mm-hmm. Indian cricket. Uh, in the years to come, and also uh, we never, uh, as I mentioned uh, earlier, in the fear of repeating myself, you know, I, I can say again that we uh, never really missed uh, the the top quality bowlers, and also as far as the T20Is go, the way Ishan Kishan and Surya Kumar came in, the IPL has certainly helped them. You know, uh, they they face top quality bowlers for two months. They share a dressing room with. Uh, the, uh, the who's who of Indian uh, cricket and world cricket. You know, imagine sharing a dressing room with Rohit Sharma. Imagine sharing a dressing room with A.B. Villiers. Yes. Yeah. So uh, these are all, you know, factors that have helped, uh, you know, contributing to the overall comprehensive, you know, uh, win that we had. And um, Indian cricket is in good hands uh, and shall remain in good hands in the future as well because the future is so bright as I see it.
0: Exactly. And there's definitely no dearth of uh, talent and people who actually, you know, deliver the goods on the big stage. It was very difficult. But uh, the way they make it seem, it just looks so easy. And hopefully, you know, we can uh, carry on this brand of cricket. And considering we have uh, the two crucial World Cups and everything coming up, we definitely need this uh, this side to deliver. And uh, one more, I think, very crucial point that I'd like to talk about is bio-bubbles and players' mental health. And uh, now, you know, is everything being taken into account by the board? And should boards actually relook into schedules and consider having a rotation policy like England's? Was actually a good question you asked me, you know. So uh, let's, you know, start off by focusing on India's continued state in bubbles. And this definitely has an impact on their mental health. Akoli also said this, you know, scheduling is something that has to be uh, looked at in the future. And he believes that uh, bubbles are not sustainable in the long term. And uh, changes to cricket schedule, it has to happen considering uh, this has to help players' mental health and not be detrimental uh, to it, right? And kohli's comments come as uh, the cricketers yet again prepare to go into another restricted environment. This is for another two months for the IPL. And uh, India ha- Indian players have hopped from, you know, one bubble to the next since uh, like September, right, of uh, the IPL that happened in 2020 in the UAE. And that was followed by their three-month tour to Australia. That was another magical series. And we had the home series against England. So now that lasted for another two months. They will join the respective franchises in the for the IPL bubble. And this tournament is going to be played from April 9th to May 30th. And India will then travel to England, you know, for the World Test Championship, which is another thing I'm really looking forward to against New Zealand. And this is going to happen from 18th June to 22nd. In Southampton before their uh, five-test, uh, five-match test series against England that starts from August 4th. So you might be wondering why I'm telling you so many dates. This is exactly to show you how many days our team is spending in the bubble and the kind of effect it has. Because people often think that you know staying in the bubble is very convenient, it's easy, but then for players it honestly is not because they're representing their team at the national level and uh, you need to you know uh, take their mental health into account. And as Virat Kohli also pointed out in that post-match press conference, he said, sometimes you do get cooked and, you know, you do feel uh, like a bit of change. And I'm sure that, uh, you know, things will be discussed in the future and things will change uh, in the future as well. So considering Akoli has said this, I think BCCI will be hearing what he has to say and hopefully we will have boards looking into this because I've spoken about this many times. Uh, Players are not machines. We can't ask them to keep delivering something and not take into account how they are feeling at that moment. So I think this has to be one of the major points. And uh, to focus on the latter half of what uh, you asked me, uh, to focus on the rotation policy and its context in the Indian scenario. Like we've seen how England has been experimenting, you know, with the rotation policy. So let's just see how this works in the Indian scenario. So let's talk about the points that go for this, okay? Now the rotation policy basically allows the team management to, you know, decide the best combination of uh, players who fare well in... Uh, some of the good tournaments right and this also gives chances to your young emerging players to showcase their talent on the big stage and this also gives the older and the much more experienced players the truly deserved uh, the duly deserved rest and I think it's very important that you know we give exposure to certain talented players and uh, i think the rotation policy would definitely make room for that because that's the main intention of it and uh, again if it, it would definitely help the bcci to you know map out a future for the in for indian cricket and rotating players in different matches and tournaments would uh, you know give them the per- perfect platform to experiment because india a is a good setup but then playing international cricket is uh, it's, uh, it's a whole different ball game right and uh, one of my other points in defence for rotation policy would be that it tests your bench strength. Now, uh, this bench, has, bench strength has to be ready to play under any circumstance. And we saw how that worked so well in Australia. This also ensures the stars are like your more experienced lot. Uh, you know, they actually stay fit for your major tournaments like the World Cup. And uh, this is again, you know, we're just trying to prevent injuries or uh, to aggravate other issues. Now, when I focus on the points that go against it, um, to start off with, it definitely breaks the momentum of the team. Like, for example, if your team is performing well and uh, is consistent, then it doesn't make sense to you know break the stability by rotating the players. I think England will be criticized for that because you know they've lost all the three series, and I know the scoreline, you know, especially for the limited over setup, is not like massive, but then they will be, you know, it will come under the scanner, I feel. And uh, coming to the next point i think rotation is a good thing but it can't happen at the cost of the team's interest right and the team should not be altered during its winning ways now let's say if a certain individual is at uh, i know at his at the top of his game and then he shouldn't really be dropped but he should actually be given a longer run and i think i mean my last point to rest this uh, debate would be like it's a very big risk to you know rest players for certain matches and bring them back because it would obviously, you know, break their flow and it just wouldn't work well. And to finally sum it up, I think Dinesh Kartik, he spoke about how, you know, in India, rotation is a double-edged sword. Because unless you are the quality of someone like, say, uh, Jaspreet Bumbra or Rohit Sharma or even Virat Kohli for that matter, sometimes players have to be rotated and they, you know, ended up losing their place. And we can't end up losing, you know, three crucial players like this. And I think not everyone would be, you know, convinced about them getting rotated. So the competition for places in India, you know, makes rotation a double-edged sword. And I think I agree with his statement.
1: Well, uh, Neha, you very well pointed out the pros and the cons of the rotation policy. Mm-hmm. And as far as uh, I see it, there are talks about the Asia Cup happening simultaneously with the World Test Championship. So. Yeah. India should be, you know, fielding two side, uh, two sides at the same time. So mm. with a good drenched strength, it all always makes sense that you know your top quality players, you know, go for go for uh, playing the test matches, and the the ones that usually are in the India A setup, they go to play the Asia Cup because you look at that India A setup and you you still think that they will be a potent force with both the bat and the ball because mm-hmm. you had youngsters like. Shivam Mavi or Kartik Tyagi or the likes of uh, Ishan Kishan uh, Surya Kumar who, yeah. who performed so well over the years for India a. You know, they can play at both uh, stages. You know, India at the same time has the luxury of two teams and that 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 is, uh, you know, India is one of the rare teams that has such a large bench and, hmm. you know, can afford to uh, rotate its players because of its deep bench strength. But not, uh, not the same can be said about some te- some other teams. So rotation policy might not work always. But if you look at the bio bubbles and uh, the mm-hmm. way uh, these things are structured in the COVID era,
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, uh, fortunately for India, at any point of time, players have come come in and perform like they belong and perform like uh, they own the stage literally. Yeah. Uh, but you know, think of certain other players uh, whose series has not gone so well or. There are little short changed and they need a break. There's nowhere to go to. There's no There's no one to speak to apart from your teammates. So yeah. that really restricts, you know, your your mental freedom. And uh, we've seen that with Rishabh Pant as well because in the IPL four months back, mm-hmm. uh, four or five months back, he was literally looking all, out of sorts. Uh, he got injured as well and uh, he lost his place in the uh, India limited overs format uh, side. Uh, for the side that went again um, that went to australia and he got injured as well at that particular point i f- i feel you know uh, he must have felt you know uh, a break or, or to you know go back home and then come back fresh for the uh, australia test would have helped but again quarantines and stuff mm-hmm. have been really hard on the players you know you've had 14 day quarantines in australia despite you know coming from the uh, c- coming from the same bubble actually and uh, uh, in the case of, you know, Mohamed Siraj, he lost his father as well. Yeah. Poor guy couldn't even go to India and come back uh, yeah. just because of the uh, quarantine regulations and all those things. So, uh, And also you had someone like Kuldeep Yadav, uh, who's been traveling with the team but has not really played a lot of matches and he's really short of confidence. So, in that particular point, uh, arresting a player or sending a player back home would augur well for the player and for the team as well, but uh india unfortunately hasn't done it uh and yes Mm -hmm. uh, we do have a large bench and so uh, we do have necessary depth you know and players can come in and perform but think of the players who don't have that facility like players who are short-changed are are out of context and all those things It, it becomes really tough because there's no one to talk to or yeah. uh, there's no one to look at, you know, to consult. So that, that is why I feel that it is really important for a mental conditioning coach and also a sports psychologist to travel with the, with the teams uh, these days. And I, I seriously think that boards should start considering this, uh, considering that, you know, uh, teams have been in bubbles for long. In the case of India, uh, by the time the England series finishes and we come back home, we've, al- we've almost been in bubbles for one year time. Yeah. And uh, we immediately have the World T20 after that. So mm-hmm. again, it becomes an extended stay. And hardly players have got 10, 15 days away from the bubble. So it's high time, especially in these uncertain times that, you know, you should have a mental conditioning coach as well as as well as well a sports psychologist, you know, traveling with the team. And, you know, consulting players who are a little down, are, are a little short of confidence, you know, help them boost their morale and stay fit and stay fit mentally and as well as physically. So, teams should be re- really looking forward, you know, to have uh, those kinds of coaches in the team uh, going forward in the future.
0: Definitely. I mean, having, like, Virat Kohli did speak about having that very uh, bad vein of firm in 2014, England. And he spoke, you know, how he didn't, he spoke about how he didn't have anyone to uh, talk. Like, he wanted a sports psychologist, someone with the team at that point. So, I think it's a very good point that you, uh, you know, bring up. And Uh, I just wanted to, you know, end this uh, conversation with any final thoughts. Like, you know, India has such an exciting calendar lined up with the IPL. We have the World uh, Test Championship and uh, we have the World T20 and everything. So uh, what are your final thoughts, you know? Uh,
1: My final thoughts uh, is that, uh, you know, we've been performing so well for so long. Mm -hmm. And hopefully we do continue to perform well in the coming years as well. Because uh, we, went ha- we haven't had an ICC trophy in the last seven, eight years. Yeah. And for a quality side like India, that is unheard of. Hmm. So surely an ICC uh, trophy is around the corner, I feel. And uh, going forward, uh, as I mentioned, sport, uh, teams should have sports psychologists and mental conditioning coaches. Because the issue of burnout needs to be taken more seriously. And... Uh, Teams need, I mean, players need help. Uh, They are humans at the end of the day. So these are my two concluding thoughts. Uh, We've had a brilliant series. Uh, We had uh, such a good brain strength with people coming in uh, and performing. And we we have such an exciting calendar ahead of us. So um, hopefully the players continue to perform the way that they are doing. And hopefully they don't burn out. And hopefully uh, boards and teams consider having uh, specialized coaches to deal with mental health. And it is no shame to talk about mental health at the end of the day because we are all humans and we all have feelings. So we are ending a cricket podcast on a slightly psychological uh, (laughs) uh, note. Exactly, yeah.
0: And I think, yeah, that's a very good point you bring. And uh, it is, you know, time that boards look into that. And with this, you know, we draw curtains on part two of this very exciting series. Uh, first up, thank you so much for, you know, taking time off your busy schedule and sharing your thoughts. You've been so cooperative and I think it's been an absolute pleasure working with you. Listeners, we worked on this episode in like a day and uh, this work ethic is definitely unparalleled and it's just simply wow, you know, amazed at how fast we worked on this episode and hopefully our listeners, you know, can resonate to this episode because we have touched on every single aspect of the series and so much more, right? And this was a great collaboration, and I would love to have you on the podcast, uh, you know, sometime in the future again. Yeah. Actually,
1: I would like to thank you as well because uh, I was looking for a platform, you know, to express my thoughts, and uh, thank you for considering my, uh, you know, request and you know, immediately responding uh, so that I can come on board. So, yesterday, I think by this time uh, we chatted and we started working on our topic. (laughs) And uh, by 8 o'clock, we started recording the podcast. So, in a matter of 22 to 24 hours, we are up recording this podcast. And it was really fun uh, speaking to you, uh, speaking to a like minded person on a sport that I so love. So, uh, (laughs) thank you so much for considering my request. And hopefully, we can work in the future as well on many other projects such as this.
0: Yeah, definitely. Till then, take care and bye. With this, I'd like to draw curtains on what has been a fruitful collaboration with Srijan. I'd like to thank you all for ardently supporting my blog and this podcast. It really gives me the zeal to keep working and delivering quality content to you all. A heartfelt thank you. If you're on Instagram and Twitter, do check out at the rate never on the back foot for the latest facts, trivia quizzes, terminology, retweets, and a lot more. The podcast is also available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, Overcast, and a lot of other platforms. So please do spread the word. Also, feel free to share your thoughts and suggestions for the already published episodes and recommendations for future topics. You want to collaborate with me? Feel free to ping me and do share this widely and your support is really appreciated. See you next time, listeners. Cheers, stay safe and take care. Bye for now.